Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. It is 1.05 on Wall Street, and that means it is time for Dave Wilson and the Market Drivers Report, with a focus, as always, at this time on American depository receipts. And Dave Wilson, got to be looking at Trivago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and ADRs uh, are, as it happens, sort of bouncing around a bit. Uh, the S&P ADR index a little changed, while the S&P 500 is down two-tenths of a percent. But Germany's Trivago is up 5.6% after selling $287 million of ADRs in an initial public offering. The size and price of the travel site's IPO were actually reduced before the sale was done. Trivago, majority owned by the U.S. online travel agency Expedia. Uh, Swiss drug maker Actelian is up 13%. People with knowledge of the matter said Francis Sanofi is in advanced talks to buy the company. Johnson Johnson walked away from a $28 billion deal for Actelion on Tuesday. And Air France KLM has risen 5.8%. The airline's KLM unit dropped a plan to set up a replacement pension fund for its pilots. The pilots union had opposed the move and the court blocked it two weeks ago. Now, Japan's Nintendo has fallen 7.5%, even though its first mobile game ranked first on uh, bestseller lists in 68 countries. The game is called Super Mario Brothers, and one thing that concerns analysts is that it requires users to pay $10 to move beyond the first three levels, Charlie. All right. Thank you very much, Dave Wilson. Following ADR's force, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all trading lower, recapping the S&P down 4 to 22.57, a drop there of two-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that June Grasso and Greg Store is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thanks, Charlie. See you in court. That may be the response of Democratic attorneys general across the country if the Trump administration backs off of financial, environmental, or antitrust regulations. Former Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott, now Texas governor, made a business of suing the Obama administration with more than 40 lawsuits. Virginia and Florida AGs filed dozens of lawsuits. Several Democratic attorneys general are on record as ready to take Trump to court if he crosses the constitutional line. New York AG Eric Schneider already sued over Trump University, and he's reassured New Yorkers who've seen a 31 percent rise in the number of hate crimes in the state in the past year after the, quote, ugliness of the rhetoric during the campaign. As New York's top law enforcement officer, I stand here today to tell everyone who's understandably scared that my team stands with you, with our colleagues in law enforcement across the state, and we will have your back. And California's new attorney general, Congressman Javier Becerra, has dared Trump to come at us over some of the most liberal state policies in the country. He spoke about the parameters for protecting the state's progressive values on MSNBC a week ago. 
we're not going to stop, and we're not interested in having folks try to stop us. We'll uh, look at the Constitution of the United States, and we'll look at our California Constitution and recognize that, as any other state, we will do whatever the U.S. Constitution allows us to do to protect our people and advance our interests. Our guests today are James Tierney, the former Attorney General of Maine and a lecturer at Harvard Law School, and Paul Millette, a professor of political science at Marquette University. Jim, Republicans have used the argument that states serve as a check on federal overreach as gospel for the past eight years. Will the legal tactics they used help Democratic AGs in the next four years? Well, I think it'll help any Attorney General who's worried about federal overreach. Um, uh, I wouldn't assume, as some of the latest press has been, that Republican attorneys general are, are, have somehow turned themselves into the handmaiden of the Trump administration. I don't think that's true. Uh, every AG will protect their state's position in the world of sovereignty, and they'll protect their state laws. Um, so, yeah, they're all watching. There's no question they're all watching. What are they going to do? Well, we have to wait and see. Paul, as you look over the legal landscape, and of course we don't know exactly what the Trump administration is, is going to do, but where do you think Democratic state attorney generals, uh, attorneys general, are, are likely to have the biggest impact? Is it filling in the regulatory gaps? Is it challenging, say, environmental regulations? Where do you see them making a mark? Well, I think just in terms of pure quantity of litigation, I think the one of the big focal points will be definitely an environmental policy. Um, and so at the beginning of the Trump administration, I think it will be some continuing skirmishes over some of Obama's regulatory uh, efforts, like the Clean Power Plan, the Waters of the U.S. rule, and other things like that. But I think throughout the Trump administration, I would expect to see quite a lot of wrangling over um, deregulatory uh, efforts coming out of the EPA and uh, potentially a variety of other new environmental issues coming out of um, uh, out of the next few years as well. And I would just add that I think part of it will be going after the feds directly, so suing the EPA, trying to delay or stop deregulatory efforts. But some of it will also potentially be going after, say, utilities or industry in general, kind of similar to what some AGs have done um, investigating Exxon over the past year and their connection to um, climate research and potentially, um, you know, sweeping some of that research under the rug. So I, I see those areas being particularly prominent areas for AGs in the coming years. Jim, any other hot-button areas where Democratic AGs have the best chance of winning? Well, I, th- I think, I think you know, my friend Paul makes some good points, but he, I'm, I'm sure, would say that a lot of that sort of speculation at this point, we, re- we really don't know. Um, I think AGs are going to be very focused on criminal justice reform, and, and we don't know what the Trump administration's position will be. All AGs are against hate crime, um, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll roll up their sleeves on that to try to make our communities feel safe. I think dealing with an increasingly diverse uh, population that we have in this country, if you're an AG, is pretty important. I mean, what kids are in school, what about witnesses in court, what about victims of crime? Um, a lot of these things don't, uh, you know, don't pay attention to somebody's legal status in the country. So I see a lot of diversity-related issues, uh, which are which which are here now, and they're not going to go away. That's why I'm not really kind of predicting. Um, 
You know, I think I thought former uh, CIA director uh, Robert Gates made a good point uh, yesterday when he said, you know, people say one thing in campaigns, they act a lot differently once they're in office. And I think that uh, all AGs and Democratic AGs in particular are certainly willing to give the Trump administration the chance to see what they're really going to do. Um, he does come in personally with a bad rep from his Trump University days. Every attorney general looked at that case and was pretty disturbed by the behavior of Trump University. That was not a partisan uh, issue. Uh, so uh, they're disturbed. Uh, he's on everybody's watch list. Uh, and maybe the attorneys general are looking particularly closely. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. Paul, uh, granting Jim's point that some of this is speculative, you know, you mentioned the environment, and that is one area where uh, his nominee nominee to head up the EPA is somebody who one would expect to to be more favorable to industry. Will it be as easy for Democratic AGs to challenge uh, deregulation in the environmental sphere as it was for Republicans to challenge what they considered to be overregulation from the EPA? Well, it's a little tricky because I guess you could give an answer both yes and no there. I mean, I think on the on the side that it's a little bit harder, um, I think part of it is, you know, depending on what Republicans in Congress do, like, for instance, if they amend the Clean Air Act to actually take some of the power away from the EPA to, say, regulate greenhouse gases, then it's going to be very difficult for Democratic AGs to try to challenge um, the EPA in court, if they say, hey, look, Congress has taken away our ability to even regulate in this area. Um, one thing that I think uh, Democratic AGs or maybe just AGs in general do have, though, is if they are concerned that the EPA, other agencies are not regulating properly, they can, number one, sue the agency, but they can also go after, you know, uh, utilities that they think are, are uh polluting beyond the the uh, what's acceptable under federal environmental laws or state environmental laws. And so in one way, I think though they'll still have avenues to um, Paul, try I'm to, address ask you to hold that thought. Yep. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, Donald Trump's business interests are under fire as possible conflicts of interest. And one hotel in particular seems to be drawing the most attention. I'm June Grosso with Greg Store. This is Bloomberg. Mobile business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all declining right now. This after a report that China's Navy seized an American drone in international waters in the South China Sea. This update brought to you by Bentley University. What do developing apps at Facebook and analyzing data at Biogen have in common? An MBA from Bentley University where you will explore innovation and leadership because business is everywhere. Prepare here. S&P 500 index down 6 to 22.55, a drop of three-tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials down 24, a decline of one-tenth of 1%. And NASDAQ is falling 21 points, down four-tenths of 1%. The 10-year up 8.30 seconds, yield 2.57%. Gold up 7.60 the ounce to 11.37, up seven-tenths of 1%. Crude oil advancing 1.7%, up 87 cents a barrel to $51.00. And 78 cents. I'm Charlie Pelletan, that Greg Store, and June Grasso is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
Thank you, Charlie. One area of President-elect Donald Trump's business interests that seems to be drawing concentrated fire from Democrats is the 60-year lease between the federal government and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. According to a December 14th letter from four House Democrats, a top official of the General Services Administration, which leases government buildings, told their staff that Trump will be in violation of the lease agreement the moment he takes office unless he fully divests himself. Congressman Elijah Cummings was one of those Democrats and accused Trump of ignoring four decades of White House precedent on conflicts of interest. This is the same advice that the Department of Justice and the Office of Government Ethics has provided to every president over the past four decades. GSA announced it does not have a position on the lease provision, and Trump transition aide said the GSA lease issue will be addressed in January. We've been talking with James Tierney, the former attorney general of Maine and a lecturer at Harvard Law School, and Paul Nolette, a political science professor at Marquette University. Jim, the lease forbids elected officials from being party to the deal or receiving any of it of its benefits. Does that seem like a clear contract issue that has to be resolved before the inauguration, or can this slide as other conflicts seem to be sliding? Well, well, of course it should be resolved. It has to be resolved. I think if the GSA says they're going to address it, they will. They're competent. They're career people. And, and um, you know, he, you know, I, I don't know if Donald Trump ever thought he was going to win, but he did. And so now he's got a host of business issues. I think they're going to be popping up all over the place. And he's going to have to figure out his ethics and his conflicts as he goes along. But he won. He's going to be the president. He can't just do what he wants. Um, we all live by the rules. So he's going to have to learn how to do that. I, I want to pivot off a little bit that, that uh, what Paul said earlier. Um, he certainly is accurate when he said this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. But, but let me make something clear because we have a lot of listeners, a lot of business people. Attorneys general, especially Democratic attorneys general, are not here lined up to try to stop every deregulatory effort that the Trump administration is going to be carried out. This is very important. Presidents win. They get to administer. They get to they get to great deference by our courts and by other elected officials. That's our democracy. Uh, and I think um, so. So but if there's evidence, if there's a good case, if there are facts, if there are statistics, if there are clear violations, of course, attorneys general are going to respond. And I, I think that's what General Bashara and General Snyderman said at the, uh, you know, at the top of the hour. Um, so I just want to make that clear. I mean, it's not like the AGs are lined. They, they've got a lot of things to do rather than line up and, uh, you know, sue every federal agency. It's, it's an important, important principle. Uh, there has to be law. There has to be facts. There has to be a clear violation uh, before it gets to the top of an AG's agenda. Paul, Paul, let me ask you to respond to that. Uh, but first, let me say, we, we haven't we, you know, seen a real change in the dynamic of, of a state attorneys general over the past, you know, 20 or 30 years or so, where, uh, you know, these, we've come to expect these challenges from attorneys general with an admin, a, a, a White House they don't agree with. But, but are we perhaps, as Jim said, overstating that, that, uh, it will necessarily happen this way? One thing that's definitely been true over the last 10, 15 years in particular is that on at least a subset of nationally important issues, AGs have gotten much more polarized, I mean, much more willing to um, submit amicus briefs in the Supreme Court, for instance, on a variety of measures, and also to uh, sue federal agencies over a variety of things. I think that much is true, but I certainly take the point that 
Number one, we do have to wait and see what happens and what the Trump administration ends up doing. But also, I, going back to a point that Jim made before, there are still a number of areas like criminal justice in which AGs have worked together on a bipartisan basis. And whether that continues in the next administration will be interesting to watch. Well, I think it, I think it's definitely going to continue. And and while and while AGs have disagreed, uh, Republican AGs disagree with the Obama administration in some areas. Uh, there are regularly, almost every week, there's a joint federal state settlement of some some enforcement case, which all 50 AGs sign on to. So it's 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 important that especially we have a business audience listening, that this not be overstated. That people feel that this is going to be all these extra lawsuits flying around all over the place. I think we have to wait and see. And we've seen, um, you know, we see uh, Senator McCaskill, the Democrat from Missouri, saying that she's willing to rethink Obamacare. We see that uh, evidently Senator Schumer of New York is having regular conversations with, with the Trump Towers. So, I mean, I'm, let's, you know, look, uh, we, we, we have a great country Jim, here. Uh, we, we're not, we're not, it's not going to change. Jim, I'm going to have to stop you there. We have a lot more to talk about, and we'll have you both back again. That's Jim Tierney, the former AG of Maine and lecturer at Harvard Law School, and Paul Nolette, political science professor at Marquette. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.